Peter was absolutely terrified of education. He dropped out of school, led a bit of a rock and roll lifestyle, was a musician and was petrified because like some people, he was told he probably wouldn't amount to much, at least from an academic point of view. And in his experience, he came back from that and he said, directly after that experience, I remember running down the stairs with this massive smile on my face, just like I'd met God, just fearless. I had this epiphany like I can do anything I want in my life. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. I wanted to open with a quote from one of my favorite neurologists, Oliver Sacks, and he says, We need freedom to get beyond ourselves, whether with telescopes and microscopes and our ever-burgeoning technology, or in states of mind that allow us to travel to other worlds, to rise above our immediate surroundings. And so I believe astral projection is one of these techniques that can allow us to do that. And so Astral Projection is featured in popular series Stranger Things, Star Wars and Doctor Strange. But is it just science fiction? Historically, we know that it was taught to a select few, such as royalty, monks and kings, in order to conquer lands, bend reality and attain self-mastery. And this knowledge was passed down privately in secret. Ancient Egyptian priests left inscriptions on the rock faces of temple walls and Tibetan Buddhists exchanged it from master to student. But what exactly is astral projection and why can this practice help modern people lead better lives? Well, let's take a look at how it's actually viewed in the Western world. An astral projection is generally seen as a self-initiated out-of-body experience, OBE for short. What an out-of-body experience is depends on what psychological lens we are looking through. So if we're looking through the spiritualist lens, it might be said to be the soul leaving the body. If we look through a shamanic lens, it might be seen as the spirit leaving the body. And if we look through a Tibetan Buddhist lens, it would be an aspect of our consciousness expanding beyond the physical body. But in Western psychology, transpersonal psychology, It's seen as a transpersonal experience of self-awareness. So where we are in space, seeming to project beyond the confines of the body. And so this happens in a non-ordinary state of consciousness. We might like to think of this as an altered state of awareness. And it's defined by three things. So if I was to have one right now in this chair, several things would happen. The first is I would sense a very visceral feeling of separation or expansion from the body. So much so, I could almost come all the way out and turn around and look at my body sitting back in the chair. The second point is an experience of an energy body, also known as a subtle body or a light body. And this exists or seems to exist away from the physical one. 
but sometimes we can just be a floating point of awareness. When I had my powerful out-of-body experience as an adult that changed my career and changed my life, during it, when I looked down at myself, I saw a translucent flurry of form. I looked like a mirage. I often describe it as like the invisible woman. And I do remember thinking at that point, oh my God, this is so cool. And then the third point is traveling to different places and encountering different people and beings that feel real. So it's not exactly a dream. In fact, we can be wide awake when we have one. So a lucid dream, which is when we're awake and aware, when we're dreaming, and we might have some control over the dream state. And it's also not sleep paralysis, which if some of you have had this, you will know it is absolutely terrifying where your body is frozen and locked. It's still asleep, but the mind has woken up and is aware. And we might sense a presence or see scary hallucinations in the room. However, we can springboard from the lucid dream state, from sleep paralysis, from shamanic journey and from meditation into an out-of-body experience. And that is because they happen in an altered state. And what is an altered state? Anything that is not an ordinary state of consciousness. And there are three different types of -of out-of-body experiences and maybe if you have had one you will recognize your own in these different three. So the first is a forced out-of-body experience. You might have heard of people having a near-death experience where the first part is that they're floating above their body and they look back on the operating table or during an accident but it doesn't have to be as part of a near-death experience to have a forced out-of-body experience. It can be in having high anxiety, a panic attack, or even pregnancy in labor, or even during sex, (laughs) you can have a spontaneous forced out-of-body experience. And these ones is usually because the mind or body feels threatened. So it's an adaptive coping mechanism in order to get a better bird's eye view. Because when we take a bird's eye view, we can have a better sense of judgment on our internal or external conflict that we're going through. And then the second one, which is what I teach and what many spiritual traditions teach is a self-initiated out-of-body experience. So we do this on purpose for several reasons. The main two that I teach it is for transformation and spiritual awakening. So we might do this through meditation or sleep states, but when we're very deeply relaxed. And then the third one, and this is what I am most fascinated about, and maybe this will resonate with you if you've had a spontaneous one at some point in your life, is evolutionary out-of-body experiences. These ones happen at a beneficial and specific time and they usually have an interconnected relationship with what's going on in our life. So we might have one of these ones when we feel in between places or if we're standing at a crossroads or we need some sort of guidance. And through this particular out-of-body experience, we might receive a message or an insight or have a sense of an inner gnosis about the situation that we're in. And it's related to our psyche, psyche being the Greek word for soul, attempting to self 
actualize, to bring into reality a new emerging self that is needed, a bit like shedding a skin or the caterpillar shifting into the butterfly, because the information that we receive through these out-of-body experiences often dramatically impact our life and can change lanes or paths with where we are going. And I'd like to share a story from a lady called Beverly, who is one of my case studies for my master's degree research. So I did a transpersonal psychology degree and I studied spontaneous out-of-body experiences in healthy people. So this was her life insight from her evolutionary OBE. Beverly was a golden-haired, stressed-out American, concerned, like many of us, with maintaining an image and doing all the right things. She worked in corporate TV and was exhausted. One morning, around 5 a.m., she awoke and rose out of her body, and she found herself flying over the city of Giza next to the River Nile, and she landed near the pyramids. Elated, she felt, this is where I need to be, as the land beckoned her. And scanning the horizon, dusty apartments dotted the old town, where she saw something horrifying. Kentucky Fried Chicken. How could they build this at such a sacred site? She huffed angrily. But nevertheless, she went on to have a life-changing journey. And when she returned to her body, she felt more connected to her authentic self and made a big decision. Beverly is now a massage therapist who takes people on trips to sacred places around Egypt in her spare time. And she thanks the experience for shaking her out of herd mentality, what she calls it, bringing her back to herself and in alignment with a greater cause. And when she visited Egypt for the first time after her experience, she returned to the same place that she saw in her out-of-body experience. The fast food joint is still there and she is still mad as hell about it. So (laughs) that is one way of how it changed Beverly's life. But if we have one of these ourselves, what are some of the signs and symptoms to know it's actually happening, that it's for real? So I want to share some of what we might expect, what sensations Beverly had that we also might have to show it might be happening. So some I've mentioned, the energy body or a light body we might experience, but we almost might be a floating point of perception. We might have the sensation of floating through walls or passing through the ceiling, traveling to different places, having no or little sense of time. In fact, and you'll know if you've had one, time goes out the window. In fact, time isn't linear anymore. The only way we can track time is sequentially through the things that we do. So I came out of my body. I went out the window. I dropped down into the street. I passed through the park. I had an encounter with a dead relative. So we track events sequentially because we can feel like we've been in there for a very short amount of time or very long amount of time. Rarely, but occasionally, we might have some instantaneous, seemingly telepathic connection between people and beings in this experience. And people come back saying or reporting, and this is the most common phrase that people say, it felt realer than real. Imagine 
having an experience that felt realer than this reality right now. How could that be possible? That this is what people report. They also have a report of crash landings, a feeling of dropping or crashing or thudding back into the body. And just before we have one, now I want to point this out because this is a very prominent sign that we are about to take off, to take flight into astral projection, is the famous vibrational state. Now, some of you may have heard of this if you've done some reading on astral projection. The vibrational state is a transitory liminal space that happens just before um, exiting occurs. Now, I don't like the word exiting because personally, I don't believe that there is something in us that is separately leaving an empty vessel behind. In fact, I think it's more of an expansion or extension of consciousness beyond the body. But the vibrational state happens before this seemingly exit. And it feels like, and has been described as being in a jet engine, having vibrations throughout the body, having white lightning hit us, having a flurry of electricity through the body, hearing radio frequency, um, music or voices. And it can be quite intense. In fact, when I was a child, it felt like someone had got the end of my bed and was shaking it back and forth. But now, after many experiences, it feels almost imperceptible, like a gentle buzzing of a bee. I often describe it as like picking a toffee off a sofa and that kind of sticky glue of coming off, like our awareness is stretching beyond the confines of our body. So we might experience the vibrational state. And this is super cool. They've actually started to do neuroscience on the vibrational state. So they've put people into the fMRI scanners and people have gone into the vibrational state and they've noticed that the brainwave during this particular time goes into gamma. Now, what's cool about this is that monks that have had many years of practicing meditation, when they go in deeply, they can hit peaks of, I think it's 100 hertz. Don't quote me on that, but I can send you some information on this because this wasn't my study. But when people go into the vibrational state, they've hit peaks of up to 200 hertz. So higher than some of the monks in deepest meditation. And for those of you that don't know, the gamma wave is the aha moment, the epiphany moment where an idea or something creative comes to us in a vivid vision or a sense. So we tend to go into the gamma wave, but more research needs to be done because we're not sure exactly what brain wave or waves are happening when we're in the out-of-body experience. And so I was really curious about this because I had mine and it changed my life. I find myself out of my body. I had this whole experience where I went to a door and I found a number off a door that I verified and seemingly went to a different dimension of existence. But that's a whole other story, which I will be telling at the workshop later in November if you are free. But I really wanted to explore it. I thought, how is this possible? What's really going on here? And I'm quite what I call a skeptical mystic. So I want to look at the science and I want to see psychologically what is going on in the mind and in the brain, not just from a spiritual perspective. So this is why I went to do my degree. And for my research, I looked at healthy people that had one or more spontaneous experiences. 
And I wanted to know what happens across the board? What does every single person report from their experience in how it's affected their lives? What did it impact, if anything at all? And seven themes came up. The first was that it was a catalyst. So something radically changed in their life. The second was they all had a dramatic decrease of the fear of death. And this is because often we transcend identification with the physical body. So our sense of self is suddenly not here in the physical, but we identify with something wider than our own physical body. They had more inner peace, less anxiety. There was a new life view. So there was an identity shift with that. They had greater self-awareness. They become in tune with their authentic self and had a sense of individuality, a bit like Beverly's story. And then their relationships were changed. Two of them became vegan because they felt like they were interconnected with all things on a larger scale of oneness and others said that their relationships with their family had changed such as one guy called Joe said it massively impacted his relationship with his daughter and changed the way he behaved with her and then the last one is new or affirmed spiritual beliefs and this is because people seem to have a sense that they were a soul or a spirit or that their consciousness when they died would somehow go on after their death. And one of the people, Peter, was a atheist. And when he came back from his experience, felt that he would go back to the universe on his passing. So it can be very powerful for many people. And I thought I'd share this graph with you that shows the top qualities that people have. And the first and top one is life has more meaning. It's a valuable experience. They became more open-minded, had an increased sense of inner peace and had more authenticity, felt more of themselves. And I wanted to share some of the people's little tiny bit of their stories of who I spoke about because although everybody had the same impact of qualities everyone had slightly different angles in how it impacted their life so for Sarah it was more of a spiritual awakening and she said and I quote in that moment I fully understood the phenomenon of consciousness consciousness is an energy shared by all living things it unifies us and we all exist together in its plane. There is no real separation. But for Peter, his was mainly focused on transforming fears. And I love Peter's story. I wasn't going to plan on telling it, but I will do. And he won't mind if I share some. So Peter was absolutely terrified of education. He dropped out of school, led a bit of a rock and roll lifestyle, was a musician and was petrified because like some people, he was told he probably wouldn't amount to much, at least from an academic point of view. And in his experience, he came back from that and he said, directly after that experience, I remember running down the stairs with this massive smile on my face just like I'd met God, just fearless. I had this epiphany like I can do anything I want in my life. 
after his experience, he went on to do a degree in philosophy at university and has just enrolled on his master's degree as a mature student at Greenwich University. So his out-of-body experience allowed him to release a lot of limiting beliefs and fears he had around education. For Luke, it was a different story. His was partially focused on body image. And he says, I'm more comfortable with who I am. I embrace me more. Before I was unaware, afterwards I was more aware. They probably knew what would have ignited the flame within me to live the life that I needed to live. But one of the most powerful stories is probably Kate's, who was one of my case studies that claimed to have connected with her dead father in an out-of-body experience. And she said, Afterwards, my actual physiology, my cells just changed. That heavy guilt just went. It was a huge relief. And it was a sense that it's going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. And so this caused varying different avenues to unfold in these people's lives. So it can be quite a powerful practice but it's nothing new. This is not a new thing. This has been practiced since before the time of Christ. So in 1978, an anthropological study concluded that some form of belief in out-of-body experiences is featured in most cultures worldwide. Now this isn't surprising as 90% of the world's societies have institutionalized forms of altered states of consciousness. What does this mean? It means that these alternative ways of knowing are found in most human communities and considered normal and it's called polyphasic perception. And so when this report came back 90% of cultures said yeah we've had people experience out-of-body experiences. 46% of those said, yeah, and we have a practice for it. We do this to attend teachings in faraway places that we can't get to in the physical. We do this to locate where the herds have gone so we can tell the hunters where to go find food to bring it back to the village. We do this to receive guidance manifest things into reality and heal lives. We do this so when we are dying, we can welcome the end of this life with no fear and greet death like an old friend. We do this so we can awaken. And the Dalai Lama says, and I quote, consciousness can be trained to leave the physical body. And he says and jokes that it would make you the perfect spy. Imagine if James Bond knew about this, how much easier his life would be. See you later, Miss Moneypenny. Off he goes into astral projection. You get used to my terrible dad jokes, by the way. But we laugh. But the CIA in the 1970s actually trained in out-of-body experiences and remote viewing. It was called the Stargate program. And they trained at the Monroe Institute, which was founded by Robert Monroe, who was one of the first people to study astral projection from a secular point of view. And they actually made a film about this called The Men Who Stare at Goats. And you can give it a watch. 
it's a, it's a comedy, so take it with a pinch of salt. But there is a report from the actual CIA study, which you can access on their website. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's on the website. And they say that it is possible. This is written in the report. It is possible to go to different locations instantaneously. But whether or not we believe this experience to be inside the brain or outside the brain is perhaps irrelevant. At the least, we have access to a 360 degree immersive virtual reality of the depths of our unconscious mind. Or at the most, like some traditions say, we are traveling into potentially wider dimensions of reality beyond the five senses. So imagine having your own private jet to people and places that you can visit from the edge of your bed at any time. You are that plane and this practice is your return ticket. But don't take my word for it. Give it a go for yourself and make up your own mind. I think it's pretty powerful. It's changed my life and this is why I do what I do. One of the things I've realized after conducting well over a thousand interviews with the world's greatest thought leaders in everything from entrepreneurship to spirituality to health and wellness to relationship is that life is enormous and there are so many ways we can make our life better and better in every way, in every single day. If you're successful in just one area of life, you might just suck in another. I've known billionaires whose romantic lives were in shambles. I've known incredibly emotionally intelligent people who just couldn't make money. And that's totally fine. It doesn't matter where you are. Life doesn't have to stay the same forever. You're not cursed or destined to be miserable or unlucky in love or struggling to make ends meet. You were just never thought how to have it all, how to do things differently, how to master the human experience from a mind, body, and soul perspective. This is where Mind Valley membership comes in. When you become a Mind Valley member, you are coached by the greatest teachers in the world. You get to live a life beyond your wildest dreams and learn the best systems, protocols, methods, step by step by step in just 20 minutes a day to get there. You become the man or woman that you've always aspired to be. And this happens in the easiest, most effective way because of the Mind Valley transformational model. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now. Don't settle for ordinary. Don't settle for your life the way it is now. Aspire to step into your greatness. Now. So listen up, everybody. I'm going to tell you when the best time, especially if you don't have a practice already, the best time to practice astral projection. We go through two natural altered state experiences every single day. And if you suffer from insomnia, you'll go through more. And you may have guessed it, this is on the onset of sleep and when we wake up. So when we fall asleep, we go into what's called the hypnagogic, where we're not deeply asleep, we haven't started dreaming, but we're not wide awake. And this is what I call the Goldilocks conditions, not too tired, not too awake, and it's called the sweet spot. So if we can ride this relaxation, which is the first step to an out-of-body experience. It's called mind awake, body asleep state. If we can write this and hold our focus, hold our focus, be aware, don't drop asleep, be aware, hold it there. 
then do what I call an exit technique to springboard from that altered state into an OBE. That's the best way. And the reason why I say that is because we wake up and go to sleep every day and we sleep for a third of our lives. So why not use this time to better ourselves in some way? So when we're riding this, we can do what's called hypnagogic meditation or mindfulness of dream and sleep. And it's trying to remain awake and aware for as long as possible. So when you go to bed tonight, I'd like you to try and hold your focus on the blackness behind your eyes or anything that you see or sense in your awareness. You will begin to get body dissolution where you do not feel your body anymore. It's totally safe. It's just a bit weird if you haven't experienced it before. And then you might start to see what's called hypnagogic imagery. This is quite cool in itself. So has anybody, and maybe just write yes in the comments, if you have had these several experiences, colors, rings of color, or experiences of color or lights as you fall asleep, geometric patterns or shapes or just crazy swirls and tunnels as you're falling asleep music or voices as you're dropping off or images of people or places that you suddenly come into view so when you get to this point where you begin to have these visual but also some is sensory experiences I want you to give this a go I want you to attempt to with strong will and intention to roll out of your physical body without moving your body. Now, this sounds quite abstract if you've never thought of it before, but if you try to rock from side to side, and I'm going to demonstrate now, so you're imagining and with strong intent and will, you're rocking your awareness from side to side. And you might like to think of a hammock swinging, or you might like to think you're rolling from one shoulder to the other. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger until the weight of your body or the momentum of your memory of the roll or a swing then takes you all the way out. And I want you to turn and roll out of your body when it begins to feel real. How do we know that? Because you will question, oh my God, I'm really moving. I am really moving my body but you won't be, but it will feel like you are because you've transitioned from the physical into your energy body. And then it's just a case of rolling it out. You can also just sit up, but it tends to be most people find rolling out a lot easier. So I want you to roll all the way out as though you're rocking beyond the boundaries of your body when it begins to feel real. The two biggest blocks to astral projection is fear and limiting beliefs. And it's natural. It's so natural because our fear is usually of the unknown. If you've never done meditation before and you have start having crazy experiences, seeing different images, having intuitions come up, it can seem scary at first, right? Because you haven't had it before. But once you've had several experiences, you're like, oh, okay, now I'm, I'm dropping in deeper. I'm feeling this tangible space or I'm sensing something. So it's just a case of practice. And you aren't scared. Your innate, enlightened Buddha inside isn't scared. It's your ego. 
because the ego is scared of anything it doesn't know because it thinks it might die. So once your ego feels safe and feels secure, generally through practice, it will begin to subside. And there are numerous techniques that we can do to curb some of the fears as well. But I can assure you it's completely safe. And that's not just my opinion. That is the top experts in the world say that. William Buhlman, the leader of the Monroe Institute in Virginia, which is the biggest venue in the world for the study of out-of-body experiences, he says the same thing. Graham Nichols, who takes more of a science standpoint, says the same thing. So does Tom Campbell, the former NASA physicist. So all of the top trainers will say that it is a safe practice but if you feel oh I'm not too sure there are numerous things that we can do I'll teach one technique to help us feel a little bit more protected and safe and this is the circle of allies so to prepare the mind before we go to bed I want you to call on anyone or anything that you have a strong connection to of love protection and safety So this could be a dead relative, it could be a deity, it could be a historical figure, it could be a spirit guide, or it could be one of your ancestors. You might like to call four of them in and they can stand all around you or north, east, south and west just to hold that psychological space for you. And we can do that through imagining that they're coming in and that they're there. And we can always call upon them during our journey if we feel like we need assistance or support. So that's one little technique that can help us get over the fear. So let's just bring it to our day-to-day perception, right? How we operate normally in everyday waking life. So this is the neuroscience and somewhat psychological point of view, generalized, is that we draw on our memory and our imagination that shapes our reality anyway. So neuroscience says that 95% of what we see of reality is based on our expectations and predictions about what we think that we're going to see based on our past experience, our cultural, societal and personal conditioning. So that almost acts as a filter for how we receive reality, our interpretation, our narration, our stories that we perpetuate over what we're really seeing. And they say we don't actually see full real reality as it is. Now then, when we have an out-of-body experience, we are still taking our individual sense of self with us. So we're still taking our perception and how we see reality. And this is why I teach a mindfulness point of view for when we have one, so that when we have an out-of-body experience, we can become to understand how our memory and our imagination might be influencing or somewhat shaping what we might see in terms of what you were saying about things being slightly skewed. And I'll give an example here. Let's say we've got three different people that have the exact same experience. So let's say they experience a beautiful, all-loving light or being coming towards them. Generally, the Christian may interpret that as Jesus. The pagan might interpret that as the goddess Diana, the moon goddess. Then the atheist might think, oh, well, this is a higher part of myself. This is a, a part of my own extension of my mind coming towards me. So there's a difference between the direct experience and then how it's interpreted in that instant, it's so quick, and then how that makes meaning in our lives. 
So this is why it's important to know ourselves so well and also know our fears and our neurosis and our religious background as well, if you've had a religious upbringing, because that will shape the lens of how we experience these encounters in the out-of-body experience. That's one thing. The second thing is that our memory and our imagination and our emotional state can also send us on a frequency that taps in with certain dimensions and then we can end up resonating on them. So I'm slightly going into more of a shamanic perspective now, but this resonates with my own experiences. So if we have, for example, a trauma or something we want to heal, we might find ourselves in a space that is connected to the web of that trauma in order to heal and integrate it. So I often talk about shadow work, which is not dissimilar to soul retrieval in shamanism. So shadow work is anything that we have suppressed, denied or disowned about ourselves. So we've pushed it right down into our unconscious and we don't want to see it. We don't like it. It's a part of ourselves that makes us go, ew, no, not for me. So sometimes that which can be related to trauma, can come out in our out-of-body experiences and want to be integrated. Not dissimilar to soul retrieval in shamanism, where they say that when we have a trauma, a part of our psyche or soul splits off and then we're able to integrate it. So again, there's this memory of our experiences that comes in and calls and brings, magnetizes certain experiences to us in the out-of-body state, which is why it's so important we don't judge what is happening. And I'll give one last thing before we move on. So a friend of mine called Todd, who's an astral projection teacher, had an experience of a shadow coming towards him in the shape of a figure. And he stood there and calmly dissolved his fear. And as it got closer, it was his son. And he ended up having what was known as a shared out-of-body experience with a close family member. And the next day, he was able to corroborate that with his son, who backed what he said they went and did on that journey. Now, if he'd have panicked or freaked out or spun a story over that shadow figure, he could have cut the story short. He could have come back to his body, as what often happens when we're over emotionally scared, we often come back to our body in an instant. And he would have missed that opportunity. Not only would he have missed that opportunity, but he would have probably avoided circumstances like that in the future, which could open doors to other places and realms. So being very mindful about this and aware of our memory and our neurosis is important. Second one, really quick, is about recall. That's just to do with having, we can use affirmations, Next time I astral project, I will remember that I'm astral projecting. It's not dissimilar to a lucid dream intention, that one. And also writing down through a dream diary. So this is one of the three tips I'm going to share at the end. I've actually shared two of them already. So a sleep and dream diary, because if we can notice what our patterns are as we're falling asleep, you will know where your sweet spot is that Goldilocks conditions of not too awake, not too aware, and you'll be able to hold your concentration for long enough before we black out because you'll have been practicing and you'll know where those signs are. So it's important to have a sleep and a dream diary. And also it's just cool because you can see what's coming up in your dreams that can hint at certain things that are going on in your life that you might need to look into. And you can get cool insights in the hypnagogic as well. 
So I hope that was useful in some way. I'll share an experience of mine that I shared with Vision on an interview quite recently. And this is one that many out-of-body experiences report when they have celestial out-of-body experiences. So experiences of space or the universe. And it sounds very simple, but it's absolutely awe-inspiring and astonishing. So I was in the vibrational state one night, so I knew that I was about to have an OBE and sometimes it's slow and it's floating and it's easy to control and I'm out in my room. Other times it's quick and it's in a flash and I'm shooting out of my physical body and I'm going to a a different place. So we don't always come out into our environment where our body is, although it's very common. Sometimes we can come out into different spaces that appear to have different timelines or different wider realms of reality so on this occasion i feel this electrical electricity through my body in the vibrational state i get what feels like lightning strikes through the palm of my hands and i see flashes of white light immediately after this i shoot out through my forehead so this is the second thing you can leave via different parts of your body as well so i shoot out of my head and i'm going into the sky and this is very visceral it's very real it's not like I'm imagining this or it's a journey or it's part of a vision in my head I am there and it's like I'm on a roller coaster where you're going so fast and your head is moving and you're going ow, 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 into the sky into the sky into the sky and so obviously I'm surrendering to the experience I'm going go with it go with it almost self-soothing go with it. And I shoot out into the sky. I go past the crust of the earth and I am floating in space. And this is what's interesting to me is if something in an experience doesn't reflect what you believe about it is from a scientific point of view, that's very interesting. So it wasn't an exaggerated, elaborate image of space with colours and distant planets. It was how it would be if we was in space, an extended blackness of an expansive atmosphere. And as soon as I hit that atmosphere, I knew I was still going at supersonic speed, but at the same time I was experiencing not moving at all, simultaneously. A bit like being on an aeroplane where you're going so fast, but when you're experiencing that in real time, you're sat in a chair and you can't feel it, right? So there's this simultaneous, what's called double perception. And so I'm experiencing this and I'm floating And I go into a comet's trail of meteorite and the meteors are huge, giant stones just floating by me. And they're like huge sleeping giants tumbling through space. And just I'm getting shivers up my back sharing this because it's such an extraordinary experience to witness these moving mountains, the size of countries floating by you and you just turning and looking at them. And then when I did turn, I looked back at the earth and I often talk about this as one of the most transformative aspects of a celestial out of body experience. And that is when a astronaut looks back at the earth from space, it is called the overview effect. National boundaries drop. 
they feel interconnected, they have an experience of awe, which they realise how small they are in the great vast world and universe. And they often become transformed and they start work in service or work for charity. And this is a very well documented psychological transformation that takes place. So I call this the outer view effect when we either look back at our body in an out-of-body experience or we look back at the earth from an out-of-body experience and we know from studies that if you have a strong visceral sense of awe it can actually be one of the quickest ways to personal change I think Dasha Keltner spoke about this they did the biggest social impact study on moments of awe and they talked about this in depth so awe is one of the most commonly reported emotions in an out-of-body experience. Even if you just lift your head out of your body, you can have a moment of awe and it'd be so extraordinary and drop back in. So that was one of the most powerful experiences for me. Quickly, I just want to remind you guys of the three things that you can do to try and have an out-of-body experience tonight. So some basic tips. Intention. What are you going to do and what do you want to do it? We didn't actually speak about this, but basically, why do you want to do this practice? How is it going to be meaningful and better your life? Think about that deeply and then think, what do you want to do if you actually come out of your body? Who do you want to see? Where do you want to go? What do you want to experience? How does that relate to your motivation? Second thing, keep a dream and sleep diary. Write something down every day, even if it's, I can't remember much. I just remember blackness and a tree. It can be simple. And then the third thing is mindfulness of dream and sleep. So similar to yoga nidra or conscious sleeping, how long can we hold our attention as we fall asleep, being awake and aware to enter into step one, mind awake, body asleep state. Step two would be the vibrational state, which we haven't spoken about going into. And step three would be the exit technique to enter the out of body experience. But thank you so much. It was wonderful to share this really powerful practice with you guys. And I'm glad that you are so excited about it. I've been reading the comments and I love how enthusiastic you all are about this. Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.